0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Speech lives here. Talk radio 1210. WPHT. WPHTHD.
1: WOGL. HD3. Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to Our Home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the Deanne Katsaris. How are you Deanne?
2: I am doing wonderful Mark. Me too. It's a beautiful
1: Saturday afternoon and we're very excited to be here talking to you every week at one o'clock and if you want to ask us a question about residential, commercial, mortgages, whatever give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number Deanne?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: And we're here every week to keep you informed, help in any way we can. You can listen to this show and the past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Diane?
2: Coming up on today's show is the market report. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story.
1: Got one for you.
2: We have our mortgage mom topic.
1: Which is?
2: It's not too late to refi slash I want to talk about my new certification as an RSCD.
1: I'm supposed to remember that.
2: No, you're not going to remember it anyway. But we no, also I have, have it, our questions. I have not too late to refile. Remember that part. <laughs> right. Mark. We also have our questions. When is the best time to get an adjustable rate? And is it a good is it good to be a renter in this market? That's Next question one. is how is the market in Philly compared to other cities? Good. Next question is do I need a lawyer to buy a home?
1: That's a popular one.
2: It is a popular one. And the topic of the day, Mark, is how does a real estate agent set my home asking price?
1: Yes, we will answer
2: that. Very good. But first, give us your motivational quote.
1: And since I just talked to my accountant, the next, next to being shot at and missed, nothing is quite as satisfying as an income tax refund. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Philly.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of. I have a client that I'm doing a, um, a purchase for, and he was got divorced. His wife was cheating on him, moved to Alabama, and she shot her boyfriend. Uh-oh. And I said, oh, my God. He says, yeah, I guess you could say I dodged a bullet.
1: No doubt about it.
2: Right?
1: <laughs> I oh mean, my- maybe you'll get a tax refund. It'll be a bonus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so where are we at? Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So half
1: of home sales sell above list price. You think? Home buyers are facing relentless competition in the housing market driven by the low rates and the low inventory. According to the latest Realtor's Confidence Index, whatever that means, based on real estate transactions nationwide in March, practitioners report an average of five offers on their most recent listing.
2: And that okay. is completely not accurate. It's more well, I'm like you, 10, five.
1: Well, you're talking, nationwide. talking nationwide here. Philly's even worse. I actually saw something on the internet prior to the show some agent sending out a market report and said there was 5,500 homes for sale in Philly. I double checked, it was 3,300 out of 676,000. Yeah. So we are in a tight market. Separate report by Redfin. In April, 72% of the brokerage agents face competition when submitting an offer for their clients, up from 66.7% in March. Bidding wars are intensifying, and in March they were seeing four or five, four or more offers on a home. Now they're seeing more than 20. Yep. One agent said, "I've never seen a market this hot." And down in Dallas, the list price starting point. Is out of control bidding wars have grown so common that nearly half of the homes in our market are being sold for more than their list price what's more bidding wars are most common reason house hunters have been searching for at least three months haven't been able to buy a home 45% of longtime house hunters that's a whole new term longtime house hunters say they continue to lose out in bidding war which is higher than those who said they can't afford find an affordable home 32 percent and according to a recent analysis from the national association of builders buyers are facing some of the steepest competition for homes ever Ever. i have a friend that one of my teachers jack his daughter or somebody's moving to austin to buy a home and i I was thinking the austin market's out of control and they know that going in so they're going to rent till they can find a home that's how bad it is but also according car sales are up 42% from a year ago. Now the other big purchase besides a house for most people is a car. Sales and what, are why? Up, what is
2: the what is the correlation between the two? Am I I'm missing well, something?
1: A driveway. <laughs> so total retail sales for March 21 are expected to be up 42% from a year ago. 42% Average transaction price is up 3.3% from 18, 1185 a year ago down to 0.6% or 231 in February 2021. Used vehicle sales for March 21 are expected to reach $3.6 million, up by 104% from a year ago. Whew. So That's- all during this COVID, people have been thinking about buying houses and secondly, buying cars. And the average interest rate on a car is 4.7%. And it used to be like 8.3%. And now the average loan term on a new vehicle in 2021 is 70 months, two month decrease when compared to average terms of 72 months a year ago.
2: Do you know when I bought my car? So
1: even the real estate industry and the car industry are both
2: booming, booming. Mark, I bought my car March 16th of 2020. And then it sat in the driveway for six months.
1: Yeah. And now it's going to cost you five hours a gallon.
2: For gas, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: ridiculous. So tell us about the good news, the rates.
2: The rates are still phenomenal. You have your 30-year fixed rate at 2.875, your 15-year at 2.625, Your 30 year FHA, this week we're at 2.75. So I'm gonna do a little bit on my topic as far as that it's still not too late to refi. I mean, people still have very, very high interest rates. It's crazy.
1: And I read something that they're expecting these rates to stay like this for a while. Like they're not seeing anything with the bond market that's gonna really affect these rates going up drastically.
2: No, I'm there should praying, be steady. I'm just
1: praying that HR one does not pass. I know you. Are. That's the only thing that could affect uh, our market. Well, we just got to position
2: ourselves.
1: Yeah, call your congressman and your senator and tell them vote no. We do not need a forty percent capital gains tax. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time with you. Right?
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at WeHateDebt.com. All
1: right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 12, WPHD, All positive, all the time. So we at Deanne
2: Mark, we
1: are up to your funny story. I got one for you. So this woman moves into a new house, right? And her husband's out working. The kids are at school. She's thinking about finding a pet to help keep her company. She decided she'd like to get get a beautiful uh, parrot. And it wouldn't be as much work as a dog cleaning up and all that. It'd be fun to hear it speak. So she goes to this pet shop, immediately spots this large, beautiful parrot. She went over to the owner of the store asked how much. The owner said $50. She goes, $50? That's all? Delighted at such a rare-looking rare bird that wasn't really expensive, she agreed. The owner looked at her and said, look, though, I should tell you first that this bird used to live in a brothel, and sometimes it says some pretty vulgar stuff. The woman thought about it for a minute, but decided she'd buy it anyway. So the pet shop owner sold her the bird, she took it home. She hung the birdcage up in her living room, all happy, waited for it to say something. The bird looked around the room, then looked at her. He goes, ah, new house, new madam. The woman was like a little bit shocked at the implication, but then thought, ah, that's not that bad. A couple hours later, uh, a couple hours later, the woman's two teenage daughters come return from school. When they inspect the bird, they're looking at the bird and all. Bird goes, new house, new madam, new working girls. Oh <laughs> the girls start like look, look at their mom. They're a little offended at first, and then they all start laughing. A couple hours later, the woman's husband comes home from work. Bird looks at him. He goes, new house, new madam, new girls. Same old faces. How you doing, George?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501.
1: And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Cassaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is it's not too late to refi, etc., etc., etc. Whatever you said earlier.
2: <laughs> okay, great. So right. I'm gonna, t- I'm really gonna take this time to go over two quick topics. Number one, it is definitely not too late to refinance, no. um, as I did in the prior segment. The rates are still extremely low, um, but people, you, you have to look at your mortgage statement. I'm gonna say sixty percent of people don't really know what their interest rate is. And it's important because the rates right now are giving you the ability to pay off high-interest credit cards, take out equity in your house if you want to do some improvements. Um, It also, some people are even able to go out and purchase other investment properties. So you need to look at your finances. You need to know what your interest rate is. If your interest rate is 3.5 or above, you just need to give us a call. You gotta do it. It's I've gonna been telling take,
1: a lot of people
2: that. Yep. It's gonna take a couple minutes just to go over your statement. We'll do a review. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And no. Mark, if you don't ask, the answer is... No. So they got to take advantage of this service. Just give me a call. It's 609-605-7153. It's a service that's not going to cost you anything. And I, know. I will make sure that it's a win-win so that you're getting the best rate and we're taking a, a look at the entire picture of their finances, what the credit cards are, what kind of debt you have. The whole idea is to increase the household debt. Decrease. That's, no, inc- um, right. I meant to increase the cash flow. Right. Thank you. Coming into the house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the second topic that I wanted to talk about, which kind of ties in a little bit, but I recently took this course and it's from the real, it's a, a real estate collaboration specialist, divorced, move forward with more. So it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I took a course on the one? divorcing market. Not that I'm in it, but it's basically the real estate collaboration specialist. And what that means is, is when when a couple's getting divorced and there's one house, there's two house, nobody really thinks about the mortgage and how that's actually going to be split up. Everyone says, all right, well, we have a house and we'll just divide it in half. I'm going to stay in the house. You're going to move out of the house. Well, nobody takes into play the things that actually have to happen to get that done. There's rarely a specialist in the mortgage industry that can take all of that information read it properly, and be able to give them a plan to make this work in everyone's no, best interest. because nobody
1: plans for that. There's one lawyer that advertises, and I think he advertises on 1210, uh, to men about divorce. And he goes, and do not leave the house. Because a lot of people don't know how, the, you know, a lot of people think the woman just kick him out and then the guy automatically leaves. Right. and this guy has a commercial about like your rights as a man. Like the days of women getting in the lifeboat first, that's all over.
2: Well, the things <laughs> that they don't think about, Mark, is, that was really a bad analogy, but I mean, you have that to coordinate. An a bad analogy. You have to coordinate underwriting, you have to make sure that everyone is making an informed financial decision, and then they have to discuss, you know, who's gonna keep the house, who's gonna refinance, there might be debt that has to be paid. There might be equity in the property. But there's no real guidance from the attorney. Everybody just wants to whack it up, split it. But there's a lot of factors that get involved with this. Maybe somebody doesn't have the high credit score. Right. Maybe there's not enough equity in the property to do the refinance so that they can go, both get what's needed and go their separate ways. And
1: this is all as everybody's Uh, emotions are sky high.
2: Sky high. Sky high. The other thing, let's say, you know, there's a couple that's getting divorced and one hasn't been as truthful as the other and maybe someone took out a home equity line of credit against the house without another person knowing that.
1: There's lots of them. You
2: know when people find out that that's, that that has happened? Right before closing. Yeah. So, they do the title search, they pull that report And it's right before we've asked for the documents, we've gotten all the appraisal done. We've, we've gone over the loan estimates. And now we find out that the other spouse took out a lien against the property. There are ways to prevent this, right? It's number one, we do a marital balance sheet. And then what we also do is make sure that we get all the payoffs in advance. And this is something that, you know, you have to it's called enhanced due diligence.
1: Yeah, but when? How do you do this? Like you're you're in love with somebody. You oh, have you're con- going totally when, in a different direction. When do direction. you have this conversation? Prior oh, no, this to is, having a problem, or
2: no, no, no. This is actually like my job. Uh, my I am partnering with divorce attorneys Right. because the divorce attorneys. Are not recommending someone that has this certification because they don't even know about it. They don't oh. know that there's somebody actually out there. All
1: right, so there's like, that they're specializes. Already, they're already fighting and split, and right? And now it's all got to be resoluted.
2: Right. So my job is to have a conversation with the attorney to go to review the marital ba- um, balance sheet to make sure we know what each party's credit score is to make sure that not just going off of their last mortgage statement but that we've actually gotten a payoff letter from the mortgage company.
1: And you got got both parties to agree to get involved in this too, correct?
2: You can it can go both ways. I mean, the person that's staying in the house, we can go through all this information as long as their credit is good enough and we could do a cash out refinance and pay the other spouse off. Now, that might not be the case. The other spouse might owe the money. So right. it's a case-by-case case basis, but it's an opportunity to have an informed decision and basically know what's going on. So that is another service um, that we do offer. We have that available. And even if you just have questions, you know, what should be the right thing to do? What can I do?
1: Because most people don't think about this until it's too late. And then the lawyers get involved, it gets ugly, and maybe this is something, you know, if they knew yeah. about.
2: It's just an added value, Mark, where you know, the attorneys do see value in it, and it's something that needs to you know, be handled from the beginning of the divorce.
1: Plus, there's another person in the middle that could ease some tension.
2: Right. Exactly. So again, here's my number, 609-605-7153. If you have any questions, you know, let's talk about it. Let's just walk through a scenario.
1: That's an interesting one. I have to remember if I know anybody that's getting divorced. <laughs> the last friend I had got divorced started out, they both got a long fine, and then one hired a lawyer, and then the and it was a woman lawyer, and the other one hired a woman lawyer that hated, the two lawyers hated one another, and it became about the lawyers more right. than them two, and it cost them about 50 grand that they could have saved. It was all ego. But that was interesting. That was an interesting topic. I never thought about that. (laughs) And you are now certified to do that, correct?
2: I am. I am a certified specialist.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the time, except for if you're getting a divorce, and we'll be right back.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit; here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT, all positive, all the time. So we're we at the end.
2: Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment.
1: Very good. So what's the first one?
2: Our first question is, when is the best time to get an adjustable rate mortgage?
1: Well, there's a, there's a need for these. I mean, you know, some CEO gets transferred to Philly from California and he knows he's going to be here for five years. He might consider it. Me, I would still take the 30, keep the mortgage payment low. But uh, what's your thought? You're the a mortgage, mom.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would go. I, I mean, people ask for an adjustable. I ask them why. And that's generally the reason because they're transient. But still, you don't know what could happen. What if for some reason where you're going just at the end doesn't work out and you have an adjustable rate and now the rate's going to increase? I always say, you know, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. All right. So I would definitely do a 30-year fixed on that and call it a day. I mean, people ask me now about a 15-year mortgage. I want to get a 15-year mortgage. The rate's really low. It, the rate's really low, but your payment is going to be doubled. Take the 30-year at 2.875 and make the 15-year payment. All right. We don't know what's going to happen in 5 or 10 years from now.
1: No. You can so, always, even if you throw a few hundred extra bucks on it a month.
2: Yeah, there's a exactly, but if people are you know strong headed on getting that 15 year mortgage, I really try to talk them into just making the 15 year payment on the 30 year. Thirty year. Because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: No, you don't. You unless you got a crystal ball or something. But uh, I
2: mean, look at where we are. There's so many people that are in forbearance right now because they can't make a payment. Maybe mm. they could make the payment if it was a 30 year.
1: That's right, because you're going to have that higher.
2: Right, Hired. just the thought.
1: Payment. All right, what's the next one? All
2: right, question number two. Is it good to be a renter in this market?
1: I'll tell you, it's even tough to be a renter in this market. I mean, vacancy rates are almost like sales. I mean, Philly, you don't have to worry about finding tenants. Tenants are lined up out the door. Uh, and we're constantly building more rental units all over the place. And... The average rent in Philadelphia citywide for a one bedroom apartment is fifteen hundred dollars now. That's up from fourteen hundred last year. The rent that's now man, that's citywide. You gotta take that into consideration. Right. Right. And you know, there's neighborhoods where you could rent a one bedroom for probably like $700, 800 bucks. But if if you look at the whole city, you're looking at fifteen hundred a month. I mean, now if you if you can afford to pay that and you're happy with that and that puts you on South Street or whatever I don't know if that'll put you on South Street (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some street and you're happy like that and you don't want to be not everybody wants to be a homeowner you know I've had had lots of friends where I clients of mine that had rental units where they had tenants that were tenants for like 20-25 years paid that house off Just didn't want to be an owner. They just thought they'd rather be a tenant. And then, you know, if they have a problem, they call the owner. I I just never got that, me personally. But uh, there are people that are tenants forever. Look at New York. New York's 92% rental because it's so expensive to buy. Philadelphia is now 48% rental. And a couple years ago, we were 38% rental. That's a 10% increase in rentals. So... The rental market's big. Is it good to be a renter? That's a personal opinion. I mean, you know, if you want to be in Hipsterville and uh, and you want all the little bells and whistles to come with your apartment building, maybe. And You got to have the stomach I was a to renter be. when I was in the band. I rented down South Street. South Street was cool back then, man. And uh, I lived on South Street, on Bainbridge Street. I rented. I was happy as hell. I rented one place. I paid four hundred a month. I had two bedrooms, two fireplaces, a deck in the back, for four hundred a month.
2: And they probably had to burn it down when you left. I was the
1: lead singer in a band. I was single. It was like,
2: right. Yes. <laughs> My point exactly. What was that every night? <laughs> I mean, Mark, we're we're renting in Florida, and it's easy. You know that I call the maintenance guy if there's an issue. You know, but I have to tell you, that was the last unit in the county. I mean, we rented it sight unseen. There yeah. was not another apartment available at all.
1: I get phone calls from the real estate school, from the advertisements on 12th N and all. Uh, people call me up about renting apartments. They just see real estate and they call me up. I want to rent an apartment I and I give them some, or some real estate offices number. But I know landlords, if they have decent places, they're... They got locked in tenants. I mean, it's hard to rent an apartment.
2: Yeah, and down the shore is gonna down the shore this summer. You know how many people planned ahead and rented, and they're paying triple the amount that they would if we didn't have COVID. I
1: know people that already paid for next summer.
2: Yeah, they already locked it in. I mean, my son's going down for two months, and when he told me how much he was paying, it was just insane. Yeah,
1: well, he'll probably have ten of his bros with them <laughs> all right moving to on do. to the
2: next question yeah that's
1: what we used to do we run into the house one time me and all my friends in stone harbor that was all money back in the day and we were right on this little triangle off the main strip about and every weekend there would be about 25 of us <laughs> the cops got to know us real good <laughs> oh my goodness
2: all <laughs> right let's do question number three us.
1: all right what's the next one
2: so you've kind of answered this in a number of different ways, but question number three is, how is the market in Philly compared to other cities?
1: Oh, well, our market's relatively good because our real estate taxes are low. So like Jersey, New York, uh, a lot of places are looking at Philly because it's such a bargain than other, other markets. Now look at what's happening with New York and, uh, and uh, California. And some of those uh, cities in those states, I mean, they're fleeing. And in the, and in the meantime, to make up the loss, they're raising the taxes on the people that are there. Now, I don't know what Philly's going to do to make up the money they've lost city what tax-wise. They've lost almost a billion dollars in tax revenue, I guess, over the last year with everything. Business taxes and everything else. Right, everything. Now if they go raising real estate taxes they're going to be making and business taxes a serious mistake but we are a bargain compared to most cities so you know i mean look what is it a thousand a day moving into florida Uh, a day uh, texas is the same scenario arizona like they're fleeing california i don't and i don't know what he's going to do when there are that many people leave that's your tax revenue What's the next one?
2: All right. The next question is, do I need a lawyer to buy a home?
1: No. In Jersey, certain states, they got a lawyer review. Uh, But uh, you don't need, like in Pennsylvania, you don't need a lawyer. A lot of people hire lawyers because they get family advice. Uncle Harry, they already are in the deal. They already put money down. They're already doing the home inspections and they're all happy. And they go to a barbecue this weekend and uncle harry says you got a lawyer
2: right
1: and then they look at one another and they go why why we need lawyer. ah you need a lawyer and then what do they do they google real estate lawyers and they pick one out of the and by and then this lawyer shows up at settlement never seen the guy before shows up at settlement they go over to settlement docs
2: they try and, to go over the settlement yeah docks.
1: and then he says yeah you can sign that'll be $2,500
2: please right
1: and you know It'd be different if the lawyer was in the beginning and helped write the contract or reviewed the contract or made suggestions. Right.
2: Yeah. But they're Uh, just showing up at the end.
1: That's usually how it happens. Right.
2: Yeah. But once you get to exit seven, you know, the attorney handles everything on the turnpike. Like seven, seven, a you're purchasing there. You're definitely in the commercial market.
1: There's lawyers involved all the time, which I love. That's why I like commercial because. They say they do all of the 80%. I just keep get the clients
2: together
1: <laughs> and they write all the contracts. I, I love it. And I get paid. And I tell them how much I get paid. Put that in the contract.
2: <laughs> there you go. All right. Those were great questions, Mark. All right. As usual. But coming up next is our topic of the day, which is how does a real estate agent set my home asking price? Very good.
1: All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right
0: Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time, Ms. Kat sounds? where are we at the
2: Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which okay. is how does a real estate agent set my home asking price?
1: What I usually do is I have this big dartboard with all the numbers <laughs> on it, and I just like throw a dart, and that's what we go with. Sure. <laughs> no, but how real estate agents really do it, They compare your house to recently sold homes nearby. Agents will also, smart agents, will compare the competition that's currently on the market. That's an active listing for sale. A lot of agents don't look at actives. They all think it has to be sold, but appraisers will take actives into consideration. And different agents have come up with, and different agents will come up with different prices. There are also several ways you can estimate your home value yourself, which is not always a good idea. But how does the best agent in your neighborhood create a sales price? It's not magic, but there's a lot of experience and art involved in the process. Most agents are buyer agents. The small, I'd say 10% of the agents are what you would call a listing agent. Like when I sold residential strictly, I was 80, 20 listings. Like I was focused on listings, the mindset. When I teach agents, I teach them this. It's a mindset, if you're focused on getting listings, you will get listings. It's like anything else in life. So I was focused on listings and used to try to kind of avoid buyers. So I got really good at doing what we're talking about, a comparative market analysis, a CMA. That's what the agents call it. It's not an appraisal, it's what an agent does. Now an agent, a good agent, Take, comes takes a look at your house and then goes into the multiple listing service and looks at all actives in your region i usually start at it's according to what kind of neighborhood if it's a single neighborhood like where i live all singles i'll look at a mile then a, then out of maybe two miles three miles and work my way out apples to apples if it's a single three bedroom two and a half bath yard finished basement whatever i want to look at apples to apples uh and also type of house if they're if yours is like mine's a weird one the convent it's the only one that i've ever you know seen exactly like mine it's a tough one to comp i used to when i trained agents gave them my address and tell them to come up with a price and they'd be all over the place but, like a rancher compared to a traditional or something else, you know, you want to make them um, what apples to apples. And it's not rocket science, it's like a matter of common sense. And you want to have this and show the seller what's going on. Because most of the sellers, they have a number in their head because they went on Zillow or one of the sites or you know, how much is your home worth, one of them sites, and they got a number, and those numbers are generally not real accurate. Sometimes they can be low, sometimes they can be over. A good agent is gonna really compare apples to apples in your area so you price it right. And the goal is, now the sellers, in the back of their mind, gold is to get as much as they can get. But the real gold is to get this house sold at the correct price. And I read an interesting article the other day by uh, about an appraiser. And this appraiser went to a house where there was an open house and it was unbelievable. Like 100 people showed up. Now this appraiser, for the first time I ever heard an appraiser say this, to that, to that amount of interest in this property this appraiser thought that had value. Let that sink in for a minute. Like, like There was so much interest in this property that has value. That adds value to this house. Because I'll I'll give you another analogy. Say you're in whatever neighborhood in Philly and it's a block of row houses. There's 60 on a block and they were all selling for $100,000, right? That was the average price. There was three that sold on that block. Appraiser looks at those three, sold for $100,000. No brainer, $100,000 house. But eventually, one of them have to jump to 120, or 110, or 115, or else there's no appreciation. And it was interesting article with this appraiser that that many people were willing to look at this house and put in offers above the asking price that he had to take that into consideration now that's not something tangible that's like an opinion you know what i mean but that's the market we're in and and the worst thing that you can do like this just because this one around the corner sold for 200 and i have a deck i think i should get 250 because mine's something special in the end that appraiser is going to have to justify that amount with that mortgage company. So this in the very this first initial meeting with this agent that should come to your house with a bunch of comparables, recent sales, what's pending, what's active, what's your competition, and then look at your house and then there's a description and maybe pictures of all these other houses too. And maybe some of them just spent, you know, 30 grand on a re- new kitchen and redid a finished basement and redid this and redid that and knocked the thing out. And you haven't done anything for years, but you want that number. So all these things come into effect. So it's not like there's an equation. I told you this story a long time ago on the show, but I had one up in Yardley, and this guy was an actual rocket scientist. I asked him what he did for a living. And he says, I'm a rocket scientist. So anyway, I go to this house, and it was worth about five, 600,000, right? Big single. And uh, I, I got it like three or four sales. I got a pending, I got a couple actives. And I started looking at him and talking about him. And I finally like said, well, we're probably between like six twenty, six fifty something in there. And he goes, and he pulled out his calculator, and he goes, "What's that equation?" <laughs> and I, I looked at him, and I never had anybody ask me that question before. I said, "Well, there's no equation." I said, "I'm kind of like comparing apples to apples." He goes, "I understand that. Give me the equation, so I can do yeah, the math." There's
2: to be some formula.
1: Yeah, right. And he was, and he was not a happy camper, but because that's how he was a high C, like Dr. Ray talks about, and he wanted to see how exactly. But in the end, it's gonna be an opinion, but you, you want to have it based on an opinion that your sellers understand the competition, what the competition actually looks like compared to theirs, because theirs might be better or might be worse, uh, what's actually force pending under contract and you don't know exactly what that number is, but you can call the agents and try to figure that out. There's ways I don't have time for that, but then you can look at what acts are we sold. So with the number, now it starts getting real to them, and and if and I always start the whole thing out by asking them, you know, what's the most important thing you want to talk about, and then they tell me what they are hearing or what they think or and they heard Mrs. Robinson's house around the corner and, and all those stories. But the, the comparable market analysis, now, if they want, and occasionally it's happened to me over my career, they want to know exactly a number, and they I suggest then hire an appraiser. Sp- spend three or four hundred hours, have a professional appraiser come out, do a full-blown appraisal for you, and you'll know how much this house is worth. And that could be a waste of money because when the buyer buys, he's going to hire his own appraiser anyway. And they're not going to use your appraisal. But there's people that do do that. But most of the time, they don't do that. They go by what the agent thinks. Now, sometimes agents will just say yes to any seller with a number because they gave him a high number. But that doesn't mean it's going to appraise at that number. So I hope I hope in all that rambling I just did, it made some sense. But I think the, good, the thing about it is, the interesting thing, it used to be most buyers hired the first agent they meet, and most of the time, sellers hired within two. The biggest sale of their life. And they don't interview more than two people. Now it's down to one. They're hiring the first agent they meet on the biggest sale of their life. So to me, I would interview a couple different agents, have them bring their market analysis, prove to me how they came up with their number and convince me of their number. That's what I would do.
2: And that's great information, Mark.
1: You didn't that's seem too so excited inf- about that. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I you know, I deal with it all day long and it's just it's crazy, but but and it was a good also, segment. And also
1: at the last thing, besides the agent then people like you get involved. So now we got this house, mortgage people, and now mortgage people take a look at a thing and say, oh, how the hell did you come up with that number?
2: So Anyway, if you have a question, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can email me at Deanne Kitsaris at comcast.net or or give me a call at 609-605-7153.
1: She was basically told me to go away. (laughs) So with that, a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week, keeping us on the air. We got some new sponsors coming on. If you want to be a sponsor, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. We're here every Saturday at 1 o'clock. Thank Frank, our engineer. He always puts up with us every week. With that, have a great
2: week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom.
1: You've listened to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive,
2: positive,
0: all, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.